first chapter, the 46th verse. Amen. Luke's gospel. First chapter, the 46th verse. Together, and Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For, be for behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud by, his thoughts, by the thoughts of his, their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Eternal God, our Father, we are so thankful for your many blessings. We've gathered in your name to commemorate and to celebrate your coming to the world. The word made flesh, dwelling among us full of grace and truth. The incarnate word. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into our midst and humbling yourself by coming in as a child, a baby. And through it, coming in such humble and almost really demeaning setting. Thank you, Lord God, for being wrapped in swaddling clothes and being born in a manger in, in an animal's trough. We just ask, Lord God, that you would allow us to understand, to acknowledge, and to admire, and to adore you for your humbleness and for becoming poor that we might become rich. Enlighten us. Give us insight for the living of our lives. Help us to apply your word to our everyday life. Help us, Lord God, to celebrate you daily and to commemorate your word, your will, your ways being accomplished and further being established in the world and in the future. Come in, Lord God. Touch us and teach us. Strengthen us and guide us. Protect us and go before us. Heal us and deliver us. Save us and set us free to the glory of God. We know, Lord Jesus, that you came to set the captives free. So help us to embrace your freedom. Help us to embrace your liberation. Help us to embrace what you've done and what you're doing and what you promised to do. Teach us, Lord God, how to admire and adore you, how to love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Help us, Lord God, to worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name. Lift holy hands for a moment. Give God some praise. Amen. 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 Let's give God some praise. You can be seated. All right, we've been on a series of messages talking about the radical Jesus. So this is a blessing to be able to talk about his radicality in terms of how he came into the world. 
establishing an agenda, an itinerary, a focus, and a purpose that uh, on its face uh, is different. It's against the grain. It uh, works against the status quo. How he came into the world, you know, just an alien, a foreigner, but he arrived. Amen. And he came into the world in such a way as not to intimidate or to cause fear and trepidation, but he came in as a baby. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Uh, to live, move, and have its being in this world to show us the way. In a place of surrender and susceptibility, in a place of interdependence, where he needs a family, a father, Joseph, a mother, Mary. He needs an environment that nurtures him. But we also know he transcends the environment. Amen? He's, he, he, he moves in it. He's in this world, but he's never really of it. Amen? Fascinating uh, view of who he is and what he's about. And we know in this, this passage in Luke that Mary is told by angel that she's going to conceive a child. And she's going to be impregnated by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So it, it is what the Catholics have dubbed an immaculate conception. Amen? This conception between God and humanity. Amen? This God coming to the world, very God and very man. Very much human, but very much God. Amen? Surrendered to the will of God in human flesh, but he's here to establish a purpose and a plan. He's here to set in motion deliverance and salvation. He's here to undo a curse. Amen, somebody. He's here to undo a curse. It's, 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 it's really a travesty that many in this world do not realize that they are cursed and that we are in need of the curse being removed in order to enter into relationship with God, to be reconciled to God the Father, and to be recipients of a gift, the gift of sonship and daughtership and the gift of inheritance and in that we come into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is that which is radical. It's different. It's God's rule. God's reign. Amen? God in control. That's what the kingdom is all about. If we look in the world, we don't see the kingdom dominating or, or uh, you know, or in any way in control. But if we're in Christ, we know that the kingdom's purposes is still being achieved, even though it has, hasn't been completely fulfilled and established to date. Amen? So the kingdom is not just pie in the sky, by and by, after a while. The kingdom is here, right here, right now. And if we have the blinders off of our eyes that is caused by being in relationship with Jesus Christ, we can see the kingdom. We can experience the kingdom. We can be a part of the kingdom. We can be citizens of the kingdom. And we can sense and discern the kingdom's agenda being established. Amen? In us, through us, around us. We can see God taking turf 
God making a difference, God leveling the playing field. Amen. Mary, in response to the angel, she was so elated, excited, she began to exalt God for his purposes, beginning the process of his purposes of being the Messiah, being established. So she, she just shouts out a song. And she, she, she also ad-libs, she adds to this song her own story. She inserts herself in a song that had been long established about what would happen when the Messiah would come. Amen. She says that the Messiah is coming, and because he's come, we should rejoice because the God of our salvation has arrived. Now, this is a, a teenage girl. She's a Galilean uh, peasant. She's a meager, low income. She's from a community, a rural community that's not established, not prominent, not important, not significant. Amen. She's, she comes from a background that's unimpressive. But she knows the word, and she knows the songs of Zion. Amen, somebody. And she exclaims at that young, impressionable age that God is here and that my soul magnifies the Lord. Amen, somebody. My spirit rejoices. That's what she exclaims. And, and she looks and says she relates it to her own condition, a person of humble state. He's come to see folks. She knew then because she had been chosen that he was going to be concerned for the last, the least, and the lost. So his focus was going to be different than the rest of the world. And behold, from now all generations, she said, they're going to call me blessed. You know, anybody with a Catholic background, they, they say the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is thy fruit. The fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Amen. Bless Mary, being blessed, exclaimed, blessed, acknowledged as blessed, because she becomes a mother of God. She's been selected. Amen. She's been elevated. She's been designated as blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things. For me, she, she exclaims. Amen. For he who is mighty. Amen. The whole and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Fear in this instance means respect, honor, reverence. Amen. Acknowledge. Adore. Amen. Glorify. Blessed is he who glorifies Jesus from generation to generation. And then he goes, then she goes on to talk about something that's about to be manifested. Now, she couldn't probably, she couldn't quite understand the, na the, the nature of it and the radical shift that his strength would take in the world. Many thought the Messiah would come as a dominant, conquering king who would just run roughshod over the enemies of Israel, who would defeat Roman, you know, uh, despots and the oppressive leadership and tyranny, who would take charge of the world, Amen. That, that was the hope. The hope would be that this king would arrive, this Messiah that would arrive, that would do battle. Physical, violent, hostile battle. Put down the enemies at hand. But God had a bigger enemy that, in mind. Amen. The word of God says we wrestle not against principalities and powers, but in wickedness in high places. Amen. He was doing battle in the heavenlies in a spirit 
unseen, unknown, but it's always influencing evil's prevalence and prominence in the world. So he wanted to get to the root of the problem, not just in a shallow way, not just deal with the effects. You know, the effects of the problem is war. Amen. The cause of the problem is the presence of evil, Satan. Amen. Selfishness, sin, satanic forces in the world. So he had to do that battle on a whole different level. Amen, somebody. To put down the enemy, to make sure that the enemy was under his feet and to make sure that we had the prospect of overcoming, of being liberated on another level, inside and out. Not just what's going on outside. You know, that's what we clamor for. We clamor for, the, for our outsides to be better. Amen, somebody. You know, that's why we're so materialistic. That's why commercialism sells. That's why, you know, capitalism is at the top. You know, it's, it's because, because we clamor for the outside pleasures of the world. We plan, clamor for what is external. But Jesus says, I want to work on inside of you first, the inner self, the internal self, so that the outside can be transformed. Amen? So that our priorities can be shifted and changed, so that true transformation might happen. So Mary, in this passage called the Magnificent, she is, she is being prophetic, amen, about what's going to happen. He's going to show his, the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud, amen, in the thoughts of their hearts. In other words, I'm going to bring some folk down who think they're up. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estates. I'm going to invert this thing. This gonna be, it's going to turn inside out, upside down. That's what I came to do. I came to change everything. He filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. Remember the teachings that we talked about how Jesus taught often about, you know, how, how you got to be careful about wealth and riches and greed and avarice. That you got to be careful about how you manage resources that God needs to be first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all other things shall be added, the word of God says. You got to be careful how you manage resources and make sure that God is first. It says, I'm coming to manage that. I'm coming to change the economic equation. I'm coming with a God equation, a God-like economy. He has helped us serve in Israel in the remembrance of his mercy as he has. He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. So he links it to history providential, divine history, the history of the fathers and forefathers of the faith who ushered in faith and belief and hope, worship of one God, amen, service and sacrifice, rituals and ceremonies that help to cleanse and to purify. But he says, look, we're going to get rid of and get put down all this, uh, all this ceremony, all this pomp and circumstance, all these ritualistic sacrifice, and I'm going to become the sacrifice. One sacrifice for all. No longer the need to bring turtle, turtle doves and lambs and oxen and, you know, various animals to put on the altar for sacrifice. Amen. I'm going to place myself on the altar to be sacrificed once and for all for everybody who would receive, everybody who would accept, everybody who would believe. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. For what you've done. Amen. 
So those who were at the top, they're going to, if they don't come to me, they're going to be at the bottom. Those who are proud, they're going to be brought down low. They don't change their minds and their heart. Those who are rich, they might have earthly wealth, but they're poor in spirit. And I'm going to elevate those who are low. I'm going to elevate those who are humble. I'm going to elevate those who are at the bottom. Amen, somebody. What a blessing to hear that the kingdom was going to make a difference. Amen. So instead of my, my spirituality being something public and my private life being off limits, now the private has become public. My spirituality is out and open, praise God. Transformation is at hand. Now life is changing. Concrete, you know, the, con the, the faith has become concrete rather than abstract. Amen, somebody. I've come to topple, to strip, to overthrow, to bring upheaval to the societal values. Amen. So he comes in. And as a result, you know what happened. He was persecuted. Amen, somebody. But he came to change the order of things. And he came as a lamb. And he's coming back as a lion. And this time he's coming back for real to turn it upside down. Amen, somebody. So Mary is celebrated because of her acknowledgment. Amen, somebody. It's all right to give God some praise. Amen. And so the things that are highly valued for those who are faith, of faith, they be began to take on a different role in your life. Your assets, they're not just simply your assets. You, you realize that, you know something? The things I value, they may not be that valuable in the sight of God. Amen, somebody. My commodities, my my possessions, my stocks and my bonds, my accumulations and my acquisitions, you know, the thing that makes it radical is that he says this stuff is no longer at the top of the, you know, at the top of the ladder. Amen. I want you to take a different view of these things. Amen, somebody. I want you to take a different view of prestige and status. I want you to take a different view for the hunger for recognition, applause, plaudits and accolades. I want you to take a different view of this rank and file. I want you to make everybody important in your sight because Jesus has looked upon us and gave his life. While we were yet in sin, he died for us. Somebody celebrate him today. Aren't you thankful for that? You know, prior to Jesus coming, people just thought that the faith was kind of you know, about your own spiritual walk. You know, my character, my attitude, my motives, my emotions, my personality traits. You know, it's inside stuff. But Jesus comes and says, the inside is going to manifest itself on the outside. Amen? He comes with a whole different take. He says, you know something? If the inside of you is lustful, amen, that means you've already committed adultery. Different, a different take on things. If you got hate in your heart, the scripture says that you're already a murderer. Amen, somebody. So he says what's inside is what counts. Your spirit, your mind, your heart, that's the reality. Amen. Your soul is the most significant thing. A lot of times, you know, if, if I don't commit certain actions or I don't 
make certain offenses, I must be right. Jesus says your heart got to be right. Your spirit got to be right. Your mind got to be right. And we need his reconciling and forgiving power, his merciful grace to live this life. You know, some folks say, I'm a pretty pretty good person. But goodness without God is good for nothing. Amen, somebody. We need Jesus. We need Jesus for the internal renovation. We need Jesus for the internal makeover. We need Jesus for the refurbishing of our souls. We need Jesus for our hearts to be right. We need Jesus for our minds to be right. We need Jesus so that we can be set free indeed. Amen, somebody. So he's calling us to receive him and accept him and embrace him and love on him with everything we have so that we can receive a new coach for life. New rules by which to live. God rules. Where the inward and the outward, they meet. Amen, somebody. And my values and my mores and my, you know, what I think is important changes where Jesus becomes the most important thing. It's hard in this culture for him to stay first. Amen. There's so many activities, so many recreational events, so many leisure opportunities, so many distractions just from television and the internet and um, our smart devices. We can get so preoccupied and so distracted. Satan doesn't even have to do any much anymore. He loves the internet and he loves our devices. He said, all I got to do is keep them busy. Amen. Keep them focusing on the matters that do not matter. Amen. The outward stuff. And they'll neglect the inward stuff. And as a result, they'll miss out on a blessing. They'll miss out on a relationship. They'll miss out, a pe- miss out on peace of mind and joy of spirit. They'll miss out on contentment and satisfaction and fulfillment in Christ. They'll leave these stressed lives because they haven't accepted and received the inward transformation that I came to bring. Came as a baby. Amen. Babies influence the environment. Can I get a witness? Don't they? Amen. Baby run things. Amen, somebody. That baby get to hollering and screaming and smelling a little bit. They, you know, you're like, you running things around here. You got me moving and, you know, you, you, know, you, you got me, uh, you know, patting you up and picking you up and feeding you and clothing you and changing you. Babies run stuff. Amen, somebody. And uh, whether we realize it or not, it's our job to raise Jesus in our lives. Amen, somebody. Somebody said, well, I'm not Mary. I'm not Joseph. But we need to raise up Jesus. Amen, somebody. We need to hear him when he cries. Hear him when he is in distress. Hear him when he's disturbed. Know when he's unhappy. Know when he's unfulfilled. Know when, you know, things aren't going his way. Amen. Just just learn to sense the spirit of Christ in your life. That's, That's what being transformed and changed is all about. It's about living your life in such a way where you're raising Jesus. Amen, somebody. So the question is, are you participating in raising Jesus? The word of God says, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw. Why should we be raising Jesus so that we can draw others to Jesus? If I'm not raising Jesus in my heart, if I'm not not raising Jesus 
in my mind, if I'm not raising Jesus in my imagination, if I'm not raising Jesus in my emotions, if not, I'm not raising Jesus in my relationships, if not, I'm not raising Jesus in my job, workplace environment, amen, then folk won't see the light and love of Jesus alive in, through, and around you, see your good works, the light and love of God in you, and desire to know him because you know him. Amen? Are we raising up Jesus? Mary rose Jesus. She, she, she just raised him up. That's what exaltation is. Exaltation is raising Jesus. Raising the standard. Raising him up. Pointing to him. Jesus, while in the earth, he was always pointing to the Father. Always. Always a billboard, a signpost, advertisement, marketing, and promotion of the Father was his primary agenda. Amen. Not this secondary agenda, this third dear agenda, non nonsensical, frivolous, frivolous agendas that we have. But he has an agenda of pointing to the Father. Does your life point to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? Amen, somebody. You got to learn how to raise Jesus. You know, when you first have a young baby, have a baby, amen, you got to learn how to raise that baby. Amen, somebody. It don't just automatically come. And back in the day, they ain't give you very many instructions. Can I get a witness in the house? Mama and them didn't tell you much. Daddy and them didn't tell you. They're like, oh, where's your child, child? I'm like, Lord, have mercy. You done thrown them straight, straight in the fire. So what I'm supposed to do? I got to listen and learn. I got to be attentive and learn how to raise Jesus. That's why we gather here today. That's why we gather every Sabbath, to learn how to raise Jesus. Amen. Raise the issue. Raise his prominence. Raise his power in your life. Amen. We're here to learn how to apply Jesus to every aspect of our lives. Every aspect of our lives should have a Jesus point to it. Amen. Am I doing this because I love God and I love other people? Amen. Am I doing this because I love Jesus? Is Jesus in here somehow, some way? Amen. And then what happens is when I raise Jesus, I start to change my citizenship. Amen. I start to get back to my to the proper homeland. Amen, somebody. If I'm originally from Paris, France, amen, and I'm in the United States of America, I ain't home. Home is back in Paris. Amen, somebody. If I'm a kingdom citizen, I ain't home in the United States, in Central Florida, in Orlando, in Pine Hills, amen, in South Apopka. I ain't home in Winter Garden or Dr. Phillips, wherever I am, wherever Metro West, wherever I stay, Gotham, wherever I am, Windermere, wherever I am, I'm not home in those places because this world, this life, this place, this region, this section, this sector is not my home. My home, I'm trying to get there to the home that my God has prepared for me. Jesus even said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you might be there also. For in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I got a mansion ready for you. Amen. But we're trying to get our own mansion. Little baby mansions. Little baby Owlsworth places. Amen, somebody. We're trying to get it, get it all, right? Little miniature mansions. 
with the right, you know, with the right everything, the right accoutrements, the right accessories, the right, you know, decor, the right everything about it. The baseboards are right. The crown molding is right. The centerpiece is right. You know, uh, the island is just right. The cabinetry is just right. The furnishings are just right. The headboard on my bed is outstanding. <laughs> Everything right. So we're trying to create little paradises here on earth. Let me tell you something. The paradises we create here on earth will never completely satisfy. After a while, it's just a bed. After a while, it's just a car. I don't care if it's a Bentley or a Rolls Royce. After a while, it's just transportation. Amen, somebody. After a while, your island is just a desert. A place you work and prepare food. Amen, somebody. The place drudgery happens in the same routine day in and day out. After a while, it loses its fascination. It loses its beauty. It loses its effectiveness. It loses its admiration because nothing that we create lasts. It needs maintenance. It, needs, it, needs, it deteriorates. It erodes and corrodes everything, even us, because we didn't create us. God created us to live again. Amen, somebody. And he's going to give us some brand new bodies so that we can wrap these souls up in it, praise God, so that we can become incarnate like he did, become into a new, brand new flesh, stable, strong, alive. I'm hoping I can fly. <laughs> Amen, somebody. So here we are, so fascinated with the stuff that does not matter. And Jesus comes and says, take me in. Parent me in your life. Learn how to raise me up. Learn how the social implications of my being in your life changes where you go and what you do. Changes what you say and how you look. Changes the way you think and the way you process information. Amen. It creates a new level of spirituality and creativity. Amen, somebody. When I'm in Christ, I become father, mother, brother, sister of other people who are made up, who make up the kingdom. So I don't avoid the hard issues any longer because Christ is in me. Amen. I don't understand how people can be in the church and miss Jesus. Amen, somebody. If you up in here, you ain't been born again and filled with the spirit, you're missing Jesus. If you don't have an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ, well, he's occupying you. He's in you. Amen, somebody. Not just around you. You don't find Jesus out there. Jesus, you find Jesus when he comes up in here. He says, I'm knocking at the door of your heart. I'm knocking at the door of your heart. I'm knocking at the door of your heart. Let me come in and sup with you. Let me come in and fellowship with you. You ought to seek that experience. Seek it hard. Go into your secret closet. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. So, so a lot of times we're not walking in the faith. We're outside of the faith and we think the faith is a place. The faith ain't a place. Amen. It ain't brick and mortar or some tilled up walls. That's not what it is. Amen. It is in you that Christ lives. Don't be in the church and miss Jesus. Amen, somebody. See, if you got Jesus, you get hungry for the things of God. If you got Jesus, 
you get hungry for the word of God. If you got Jesus, you get hungry for praying, to serve, to worship. Amen. You're excited. You, you can say like David, I was happy when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Do you have that level of excitement and enthusiasm or just a routine for you? Or is it just a tradition for you? Or is this a, something that ritualistic for you? Or is it something that's real and satisfying, fulfilling? And because of that, you chase after, you run after, you enthusiastic and excited about it. Amen, somebody. Y'all act like the preacher, the only one supposed to be excited about Jesus. Amen. The word says we're the priesthood of all believers. In other words, we're all supposed to be priests. We're all supposed to be shepherds. We're all supposed to be pastors in our own right with a makeshift pulpit somewhere where we're sharing the word of God with somebody. Somebody, everybody needs to know Jesus. Are you ready to introduce somebody to Jesus? Do you know how? Because that's the most fulfilling thing that you can engage in. Amen, somebody. I feel good. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. I feel good because I get to tell people about Jesus. Amen? They're seeing it on Facebook right now. I'm telling them about Jesus. Jesus! He's the man. Amen, somebody. He's exciting. He's, he's exceptional. He's, he's superlative. He's excellent. Jesus is. And I shout it to the housetops. I'm hollering right now because Jesus is real. When do you do your hollering? You need to get some hollering in, brothers and sisters. You need to get some shouts in, brothers and sisters. The word of God says, shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Amen, somebody. You need to come in here ready to shout. Holler. Make your voice loud. Turn up the volume. Amen, somebody. Somebody say, turn it up up in here to the glory of Almighty God. Amen. Glorify God. Magnify God. Glorify God. Magnify God. Lift him up. And the word of God says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw. Are we ready to draw people to Christ? Are we ready to magnify him with everything we are? Are we ready to apply his life to our lives so that we can live lives that are favorable in the sight of Almighty God, not in the sight of the world? Amen. The world don't care nothing about you. Democrats, Republicans, they don't care nothing about you. Amen. You know, politics don't care about you. Amen. If the politics was right, it would be a more equitable distribution of resources. It wouldn't be fighting about who gets what, when, where, and how. Amen. The when, where, and how would be contingent upon where the needs are, not what is politically expedient. Amen, somebody. Or the faith wouldn't be argued about. Folk would agree about it. Amen, somebody. So we're in a culture of disagreement. We're in a culture of disloyalty. We're in a culture of, of, a, of a, <laughs> a disheveled culture. Amen, somebody. We're out of control up in here. Amen, somebody. I didn't think it could get worse, but it did. Amen, somebody. I'm talking about it got worse. We just impeached the president. Amen, somebody. You know, and, and, and he just talking so much trash. That dude is a, is, a, is a trash talker, ain't he? Lord have mercy. I'm like, is he a comedian or something? You know, he just needs to put a few choice profane, profanity in there. He'd be a stand-up comedian, wouldn't he? <laughs> Amen, I gotta laugh to keep from crying. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. 
You know, so, so, but, but guess what? He ain't in charge. He is not in charge. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us power. Sound mind when we're in Christ. What? If you're not in Christ, you're kind of crazy, you're kind of crazy, you're kind of crazy. You got to decide to follow after Jesus so that you can have the right mind and the right heart and the right soul and the right spirit and the right level of engagement that transforms your life. So you don't avoid the Christ. You jump right in there with him. Amen. So it affects how I respond in my housing setting. It affects how I fellowship with people. It affects, you know, how I, you know, allocate my salary. It affects my recreational decisions. It, it affects my desire for approval. Amen, somebody. I ain't got to help everybody liking me. As long as Jesus liked me and a few other folk, I'm good to go. Amen, somebody. Because if Christ is in me, more folk going to like me anyway because I'm full of joy, I'm full of hope, full of love, full of peace, full of gentleness, full of kindness, full of patience, praise God. So that comes out. God affects your creativity and he gives you a level of satisfaction that is unprecedented. Amen, somebody. So receive the incarnate Jesus and let him have his way. Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Luke, mirror the angel, how, how would this be? So again, this foreshadows the virgin birth. He is the word made flesh dwelling among us, full of grace and truth. Since we were considering Mary's, you know, exaltation, I wanted to look at another woman who was seeking God seeking God's intervention because she was barren. She was unable to conceive and have a child. Amen. She went into the temple with exaltation, believing God to meet her needs. So Hannah says, and Hannah prayed and said, my heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. She's, she's supposed to be depressed. She's supposed to be stressed. She's supposed to be, you know, upset and and discombobulated because, you know, the things that she wants are not happening. But she goes in the temple and praises God anyhow. She shouts hallelujah anyhow. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. And she exalts him. She says, my, my mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord, for there's none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Listen, listen. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge. Amen. And by his actions are weighed. The bowels of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who are hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven, but she has who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and rises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with the princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones. 
But the wicked shall be cut down into darkness. Amen. For not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Did you hear me? The horn, the horn of his anointed. So those who are anointed, they have a spiritual horn. Amen, somebody. The, the question is, are you blowing your horn? Are you exalting God? Are you shouting to the housetops that God is real? Just think about, about this woman. This woman, just again, somebody of meager resources, meager background, but she pins such an exciting, you know, you know, pericope, passage about who God is, what God brings, and what God is ultimately going to achieve. I said the kingdom is here and it's coming. Somebody says it's here. It's here and it's coming. Amen. My eyes have seen, you know, the coming of the Lord. He's coming, but he's already here. He's been here and he's coming back again. Amen, somebody. So his power is in the midst. There's something in the air. Somebody say it's something in the air. Come on, just, just wave your hands. Can you, can you make a little air go? There's something in the air, praise God. And that something in the air is the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is alive and active. It's like a wave coming through, amen. It wants to anoint. It wants to appoint. It wants to select. It wants to elect. It wants to magnify, it wants to exalt, it wants to bring increase, praise God. It wants to bring forgiveness, and mercy, and grace, and love, power into our midst. So why not love a living God? Why not exalt Jesus? Why not raise Jesus up in your life? It's time to raise him up. Somebody say, raise him up. Say to somebody near you, raise him up. Say to somebody behind you, raise him up front of you. Raise him up. Raise him up. Raise him up. If I be lifted up from the earth, he says, I'll draw. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I'll draw people to me. Praise God. So God is saying, come to me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest for your soul. I like this last piece because this last scripture talks about the gets to the relevance of the gospel. It says that uh, the Pharisee standing by himself prayed, "Thus God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even like the, this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes all I tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector standing far off." would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Won't you stand all over the house? Say, I got to humble myself so that I can come into the favor of God. I can come into acknowledgement of, of God. I can come into the power of God. I can come into the anointing of my God. What is this text saying? Well, the text is saying, if you ain't got the right stuff inside, 
the right stuff outside can't happen. Here we are, we got Pharisees and scribes patting themselves on the back because of their religiosity. Amen, somebody. But Jesus was unimpressed, unimpressed with their standards, their rules, their policies, their procedures, their laws that they kept. He said, the one who humbles his or herself, like I did, by coming to the world in swaddling clothes, by coming in the world being born and laid in a manger, by coming in the world in a farm animal environment. I came into the world as a baby, interdependent, submissive, in need, and allowing plain old folk to raise me. That's the beauty of Jesus. He allows everyday plain old folk to raise him. It's a privilege to raise him. It's a privilege to magnify him. It is a privilege to laud and to extol and to exalt him. It is a privilege to glorify him. I'm excited. Mary was excited that day when she heard of how she was blessed, how she was chosen, how she was being directed by the Spirit of God to birth Jesus, the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. Excited that day. And we're, we should be excited as well because we get the fresh opportunities for rebirth, the rebirth of Jesus into the hearts and minds of people. First, our family members, our friends, our loved ones, our neighbors, our co-workers. It's our job to make sure that Jesus is born again. He's here. He's accessible. He's available. He's here for us. Somebody's got to be told. Like the old Christmas hymn would say, go tell it on the mountain. Somebody's got to be told. Somebody's got to be the magi, those, those wise men that said, this is Jesus. This is why, where he lied, lays. Amen, somebody. So we need to become those who are pointing others to Christ, magnifying him with everything that we are. And as, our result, as a result of our magnifying him, our priorities shift. Our lives change. Amen, somebody. Stuff that matters doesn't matter. It's no longer my focus, but Christ on Christ, solid rock I stand. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. And then I know that all other ground is indeed sinking, sinking. I want to invite somebody to stand on him today. Step out. Say, I'm ready to raise him. Raise the standard. Raise Jesus. Raise the baby. I'm ready to learn how to raise Jesus in my life, in my work, in my family, in my children, in my grandchildren, in my extended family. I'm ready to raise Jesus, raise the issue that he is king of kings and he is Lord of lords. The word of God says that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord. So I don't want to invite somebody to make a decision for him today to step out on faith, to come forward in his name, to make a decision for him, for Jesus. You can also come to connect with the church. You can also come for prayer. But it's decision-making time. Every heart praying all over the house. We're going to worship for a few moments. We invite you to come.
to you the glory does it belongs to you Lord Jesus Praise him, praise him, praise him. Lift him up, lift him up. Praise him. Come on, magnify him. Come on, lift him up. He is worthy. 